I'm here at Sherwood in Emmett Aero Club, one of the most successful of its type in Europe. I'm also with Alan Fish, the man behind the Tiger Moth experience. Alan, welcome to On the Red Line. Thanks very much, Mark. Um, how did all this come about? How, how did a man go from having an interest in aviation, go from the interest to two rather nice Tiger Moths parked outside here on the apron? Somebody bought me a flight for Christmas in a Tiger Moth uh, about six years ago and we, um, the, the guy that bought it for me um, also was interested in Tiger Moth so after we'd both flown he said why don't, uh, why don't we go and buy one <laughs> and uh, we ended up like, like, like you do like you do and then we were worried about where we were going to get the money from and, um, and we ended up buying one a couple of weeks later which we thought it would be ages before we'd mm. found one. Uh, so we were desperate to find the money and we did and uh, we've had that one for about six years and then last year we bought another one. So before we talk about the, the Tiger Moths themselves, had you had an interest in aviation and classic aviation before that or else was it just somebody thought, well go on, we'll buy you a, a flight in one? I think like most blokes were interested in flying and mechanical things and uh, classic aircraft particularly for me and I like biplanes and uh, I learned to fly about 20 years ago and um, in microlights and it was a case of I liked old aircraft and the wartime uh, genre as well and uh, so it all fitted together. Now the two Tiger Moths are slightly, there's a few years between them isn't there? Yes we've got a, a nearly new one that was built in 1943 <laughs> and the uh, really old one was built in 1940 so they both saw military service as trainers for RAF pilots. Because that's the one thing the Tiger Moth was a training aircraft, wasn't it? It was. It was uh, the primary World War II trainer for the RAF BODs uh, <laughs> before they went on to uh, uh, Fighter Command or Bomber Command. Um, from what I've learnt about the Tiger Moths, um, the great thing about them was uh, ironically, they're hard to fly, they're difficult to fly, which means if you can fly a Tiger Moth, you can virtually fly anything. That's, you've hit the nail on the head, that's it. It's, uh, it's a good trainer in the fact that you have to work at it all the time. There's no one button to press like commercial pilots do these days. Uh, you've got to work at the controls, the ailerons, the rudder and the fin all the time to make it fly in a straight line, which it very rarely <laughs> wants to do. <laughs> but the one the great thing about them is because they have these two huge wings being a biplane, they need next to no runway to, to take off on and they don't need a great deal of it to touch down on. No, no, there's a lot of lift and a lot of drag, so it can be, it can be exciting at times, but <laughs> uh, it's, it's great when there's plenty of lift, but drag sometimes uh, is, is your enemy as well. But, uh, so, but it's all a big learning curve for new pilots and it's, uh, you do learn very quickly. How do you go on maintaining mm. them? Because there's, like all aircraft, there'll be a period of time, every so often they have to be inspected and get their version of an MOT. Yeah, they have the aircraft MOT, if you like, every 12 months. Uh, when we're flying commercially like we do, uh, taking people up and scaring them. Um, <laughs> this is this is not a good advert. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, no, it gives them a good experience. I mean, uh, it's every fifty hours we we have a um, a check over and a and, a, and uh, change the oil and that sort of thing. But every year they have the proper MOT, which is usually in the winter yeah. when we're not flying. 
So, and, and what are they like, like reliability-wise? Because, I mean, the youngest one is 1943. They're, they're getting on a little bit. They are, but they're well-maintained and they're very robust. I mean, I know they're made of uh, linen, a lot of it. The, the wings are covered <laughs> in linen and wood. Uh, but they, they were very, very well made. British engineering, of course. Yeah, because de Havilland, I mean, the tiger moth was just one of many moths, was it not? It was. The original moth was the gypsy moth, which was the civilian version. And then it was converted into a military version uh, so that uh, the instructor could jump out very easily <laughs> when, uh, when the pupil got it wrong. So the pupil and the aircraft were expendable, but not the instructor. The instructor, so... <laughs> so he jumped out and uh, deployed his parachute, landed, and then got another aircraft and possibly another pupil. And hope uh, that the original aircraft and pupil had, uh, just shall we say, jettisoned. Well, uh, may, 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 with any luck, have come down reasonably unharmed. Possibly. They both had parachutes then. <laughs> and uh, we don't use parachutes, because obviously we're, uh, we're better than that. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Recently, I went up in one. I went up in the uh, in the uh, rather Art Deco red and silver one um, with my pilot Greg, and the fascinating thing was how solid the aircraft felt. Fair enough, it was a nice calm day. It was crystal clear blue skies, flight out over Tadcaster and York, etc. Mm -hmm. But how solid the aircraft felt. They, they are. I mean, it's all to do with triangulation of. Uh, of, of the wings and uh, an old structure and it keeps everything very solid but uh, yeah they're very well made um, and the engine just out of interest what what powers a tiger moth because of course you can't see the only thing you see is the big propeller going around at the front that's right it's a gypsy major engine and it, uh, it burns about 25 to 30 liters of aviation fuel uh, an hour and um, a, quite a large engine which is inverted um, they inverted it when they changed it from the gypsy moth to the tiger moth so yep. that uh, the ports the pots weren't in uh, in line of sight so the the view out the front is still pretty poor yeah uh, but uh, <laughs> at least you don't have the uh, top of the cylinder to look at as well which you do did in a a gypsy moth. I mean, that's the interesting thing. It's like when you watch the Spitfires uh, taxiing out under the apron to the runway, grass runways. You poke your head out the side to see where you're going because when you're on the ground, the, you're sat at about 30 degrees to everything. Well, they're a tail dragger, uh, which means that there's two single wheels at the front and either a wheel or a skid at the back. So like the Hurricane, like the Spitfire, like the Tiger Moth, you see it's, you, you, the nose is up in the air until you start flying. Yeah. So you have to weave from side to side, and you will have seen that on films, um, aircraft weaving side to side so that you can see in front of you, so you don't run into anything, but as soon as you're up in the air, you, the view is a little bit better. Not a lot. Well, it's not, I mean, you, you fly, they fly at about probably about two, two and a half thousand feet, and to give it a, um, a, a speed that people can relate to, it's about 75, 80 miles per hour they do flat out it's not very fast that they go no but you, you, you can't really tell because you've no cues you've got no uh, lamppost flying past you no. or another car or aircraft coming the other way so you can't really tell how fast you're flying it's more or less the buffeting or the wind that will tell you if you get up to 80 90 miles an hour in a tiger moth you know because the wind's chucking you about <laughs> everywhere and uh, it gets a bit windy and the other interesting thing is, unlike modern aircraft, even small modern aircraft, the Tiger Moth, um, there's, okay, there's a compass that sits there, because the passenger 
cockpit completely replicates the pilot's cockpit. I mean, the, co the pilot sits behind as uh, it's a weight distribution thing. Yeah. But there's not, I mean, it's it's flying by landmark and seat of pants and everything else. Yeah, we don't go far. I mean, we're not international uh, airline. So if, if you're flying within half an hour or an hour of the airfield, uh, the landmarks such as the cooling towers and uh, television masts are what you navigate by. Yeah. And uh, railway lines, uh, motorways, you get to know where you are from yeah. that really. You don't have to worry about GPS um, which most aircraft do if they're going a long way. I mean, somebody said to me the other day, actually, which <laughs> so the answer was, well, I might have expected that. When was I last in York? I said, well, I wasn't in York. I said, I was 2,000 feet above it in the biplane. I said, does that qualify? That's right. We've, we've, we generally fly. We, on a short flight, we'll fly over Yorkminster, which is a beautiful view. Uh, if you have an hour's flight, we, uh, we can probably get to the Humber Bridge and back, uh, which is, again, a lovely sight. Um, now, I mean, this all fits in nicely with the, um, I mean, there's a great re-emergence of retro, the 1930s, 1940s, or, for want a better term, big business, because you're in the process of building a modern, nicely insulated, but visually it will be a 1940s dispersal hut, complete with uh, uh, Lloyd Loom furniture and chaps sat outside in the roving flying jackets. <laughs> yes, don't you know? It's, uh, yes, we're trying to recreate that 40s feel, the retro feel, the feel of uh, the guys who were waiting to scramble to the Spitfire or the Hurricane uh, and meet the Jerrys uh, when they were coming over to try and kill us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we'll play swing music, we'll uh, have the beer that, that they had at the time and um, and really create an atmosphere that people can immerse themselves in the 1940s. Uh, so that's what we're trying to create at, uh, at Sherburn. Uh, I mean, w when you come here as well, I mean, once the hut's finished and Tony Hunter, who, you work, uh, who works alongside you, um, there's various bits and pieces that go alongside to add to the authenticity that anybody who comes to try the Tiger Moth experience can take home as a lasting souvenir. Yeah, we have, we have all sorts of... Uh, trinkets that you can you can buy everybody buys a t-shirt <laughs> including including we we have a film uh, kit on the aircraft which you can take home a, a souvenir of your flight um, as a film and you can watch it at leisure or uh, show to your family and uh, bore them uh, <laughs> later on <laughs> and what sort of cross-section of people do you get wanting to go up in the tiger moths strangely enough it's um, Older guys, uh, probably 60 upwards. Uh, we've had 90 odd year olds who originally flew Tiger Moths in the war or before the war, and, uh, and they want to just come and fly the Tiger Moth again uh, for a one long lasting uh, feel of it. And uh, yeah, and they really enjoy it. I'm gonna say, what's the, what's the reaction of somebody say like 60, 70 years down the line to when they climb back in a Tiger Moth? Exactly the same. It's, it's, uh, I, I don't think they get in it as easily as they would have done <laughs> 60 years ago. We have to uh, shoehorn them in a bit more this time. Yeah. Uh, but So when they come out, they're like everybody else, they're high-fiving it and they think it's a fantastic experience. Now that's the other interesting thing. When you're up in one of them, you are asked or invited, would you like to actually fly it yourself? And that, I mean, that's quite an unusual thing. Most people think you'll just sit there, get flown round, because you're talking to the pilot because of the intercom systems. Mm. But you're getting, would you like to fly one yourself? 
Well, no, it's part of the it's part of the flight uh, experience that we have is that you will, if you want to, uh, take control for as long as you want. Obviously, we will not let you take off and land, but whilst you're in the air, then we'll let you have a go and uh, you know do whatever you want. The pilot will be able to get you out of whatever <laughs> you do if you do something wrong. And, and he'll take control if, if when you, as and when you've finished. I mean, the other interesting thing is that the guys who fly these planes for you are, I mean, Greg is a, co a commercial pilot. He flies mm. commercial airlines. He flies modern aircraft. Mm. And it would appear to be that many a commercial air, air, aircraft pilot's hobby or desire is to fly vintage and classic aircraft. What do you think the appeal is of to gone from something that you take hundreds of people on their holidays in to coming to fly something built in 1943? I, I think they've all, we've all got a love of aviation and um, their route of aviation is taking them down the commercial route which uh, I'm not saying it's boring and I don't think they think it's boring but it's a, a lot less exciting than flying a tiger moth so they come and fly with us after they've done the commercial day job and uh, enjoy proper flying. I mean, as a commercial pilot, they press a few buttons and uh, that's all they do. Mm. I mean, that's just a joke, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's not so far off that compared with what we do. Yeah, so a, a commercial airline pilot's relaxation is to come and fly a real aircraft. Yeah, they are knackered at the end of the day, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, um, four hours in, in a Tiger Moth, taking yeah. people up and teaching them how to fly. Is, uh, is exhausting work. And just out of interest, as regards the people who come and try the experience, how many, how many are women? I mean, does it attract as many women as it does men? No, strangely enough, um, we, it's probably, I would say, 10 to 1. I think it's generally blokes yeah. uh, who come and fly with us. Um, and uh, we try and convince the ladies to come up if they bring the husband mm. to fly. And, and quite a few do. But generally, it's, it's males, uh, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 odd year olds we've yeah. had, uh, including Battle of Britain pilots <laughs> uh, who flew the Tiger Moth 70 years ago. Yeah. And the one interesting thing is where you are located, you're next door to one of the helicopter schools. One of the things that can be done is I go up in the Tiger Moth and my better half goes up in the helicopter to watch me flying around in the Tiger Moth. That's right, we can get some footage of you flying in the Tiger Moth uh, side by side with a helicopter. Or we can take you and your partner up in uh, two Tiger Moths yeah. uh, side by side. And <laughs> uh, How cool is that? <laughs> if somebody wants to do this, how much does it cost? We've, we've three packages. Uh, the hour costs £499. The half hour costs uh, 299 And we do a taster for 15 minutes for £150. Yeah. Uh, quite expensive, really, in terms of flying, but um, it's an expensive aircraft to maintain. Yeah. So, uh, and, it, and it's unique. And uh, it's probably a once-in-a-lifetime experience for somebody. Yeah. So... Uh, and people are choosing the experiences, I think, over and above buying stuff. And yeah. uh, that's the way I think our society is going. And we certainly give them an experience. Yeah. 
I mean, the interesting thing is as well, I know if somebody tries a 15-minute taster and likes it while they're up there, you can add a bit on. You can say, well, stop up for the 30 minutes yeah. there. Yeah, if we've got the time, and we generally have, um, we're not under a great deal of pressure. If they want to stay up for, uh, for another 15 minutes or another 30 minutes, it's up to them, really. If they're, yeah. en if they're enjoying it, they may as well do it while they're up there and rather than coming back again. Yeah. Uh, they're very welcome to come back again. And uh, having flown with us, um, we'll always give uh, people who've been flown with us a discount the second time to come and fly with us again. And if somebody wants to get in touch, how do they get in touch with the Tiger Moth experience? The best way is to, uh, from the internet, from our website, which is all the W's, tigermothexperience.com. And on there, you can book online or give us a ring. The telephone number's on there. And I can't think of it offhand. <laughs> But uh, it's tigermothexperience.com. Yeah, and on Facebook. If you type in Tiger Moth Experience, you will appear on Facebook. Or Facebook or, or Twitter. Yeah. Alan Fish, Tiger Moth Experience. Thank you very much for joining me on, on the Red Line. Thanks very much, Mark.